On today's show, it's a new year and we're giving the Yankees players resolutions for 2023. Plus, Brian Sabian returns to the Yankees in a new position. And 50 years ago today, something monumental happened, which changed the course of Yankees history forever. So get ready, because an all-new Locked On Yankees begins now. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy New Year, Yankees fans, and happy Tuesday. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. If you're new around here, I'm a baseball writer turned podcast host, and I've been hosting this show since 2018. It's been a long time. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. So I hope you all had a lovely new year and, uh, you know, safe and healthy and you were with family and or friends and had a nice time. I actually left my house. I know, can't believe it. And found out that my friend's 12-year-old daughter is subscribed to Locked On Yankees on YouTube. So, Abby, thank you for that. I appreciate it. So, it is a new year, and we're talking New Year's resolutions. Now, I've made a few for myself, and I've already screwed up. We're three days in, and I already screwed up. So, um, I did keep one out of the three. And I still have time to implement them. I just didn't implement them right away. It's not a total failure, so... I came up with some resolutions that I think the Yankees organization and some of their players should make. Not every player is going to be highlighted, just the important names. No offense to some of the other guys, but, you know, you'll you'll appreciate this. Now I'm going to be looking at this on my phone if you're watching on YouTube because it's just hard for me to go from. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I didn't include everyone. I apologize. I included enough. And uh, they're perfect resolutions for these guys, I think. Garrett Cole should resolve not to give up so many damn home runs in 2023 because 33. Yikes. Aaron Judge should resolve to turn the home plate umpire into a pretzel every time he calls the low strike on him in a big spot or frankly in any spot because the man has been in the league for six years. Learn his strike zone already. Nestor Cortez should resolve never ever, ever to shave his mustache. That thing is magic. It cannot go away. I also kind of would want some of the Yankees to resolve to grow a mustache. Obviously, the guys who can grow a mustache and can do it quickly were that awkward phase. I don't want to say the name of the phase, but you all know what I'm talking about. That really awkward phase that guys have when they're growing a mustache. <laughs> If that phase only lasts a few days because your facial hair grows very fast, grow a mustache. If you're one of those guys where it takes you like a month, don't do it. Remember when the Yankees were all trying to grow mustaches? Which year was that? 2013 or 14? And they all looked really silly. I mean, Brett Gardner was trying to grow a mustache for the love of God. Don't do that. So yeah, anyone who can grow a mustache, I think you should. It might actually help you. 
Giancarlo Stanton should resolve to hit more dingers. I know that 31 is cool, but 40 could be cooler. And if he could hit them in the same games as Judge, that could be really cool too, because it's always fun to watch those guys hit bombs. I mean, it's fun to watch anyone hit bombs, but I think that they should resolve to hit bombs together. Luis Severino should resolve to keep jawing with Alec Manoa. Garrett Cole can do the same because we need some fiery rivalries back in the AL East. And Toronto is doing everything they possibly can to try and be a rival with the Yankees. And they're talking smack. And I think it could be fun if the Yankees actually did it back. So let's resolve to make things a little exciting in the AL East. Since we're not seeing as many games against AL East opponents, it's fun to have a team to dislike, right? And I'm kind of sick of disliking the Red Sox. I'm definitely sick of disliking the Astros. Let's get some new blood. Let's get another team that the Yankees don't like. I mean, not the players. Let's, I mean, it's not the same. And I've mentioned this so many times. It's not the same. It's not like the 70s when these guys wanted to knock each other's heads off. But it could be fun. Some jawing between the teams. Yeah, let's do it. Anthony Rizzo should resolve to round the bases while making gestures like a proper Italian. I do it, and I'm only a quarter Italian. Come on, Tony, let's do it. Aaron Boone should resolve not to make so many in-game managing blunders should the Yankees make the playoffs in 2023. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer him to not do that also during the regular season, but it seems to really bite the Yankees in the rear end when he does it during the playoffs, as we found out in 2022. Jose Trevino should resolve to keep doing what he's doing. Maybe pick up the offense a bit because it fell off after the All-Star game, but it's nice to have a catcher who can play defense. Josh Donaldson should resolve to remember how to hit the ball and not pimp non-home runs because that's embarrassing, my dude. Really. It's just, there's a whole compilation of you pimping things that didn't go anywhere. And it's just, mm. yeah, go to YouTube. It's it's there. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa should resolve not to double pump every time he throws a ball to first base. But the Yankees should also resolve not to start him at shortstop. Give the kids a chance, which brings me to another resolution. Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe should resolve to show up to spring training hungry and ready to steal shortstop from IKF and give the Yankees no choice but to park IKF on the bench. He'd be fine as a bench player, but please stop starting him. Aaron Hicks should resolve to learn how to catch the ball and not stare at it while the other team scores. Harrison Bader should resolve to keep being cool. I like that dude. I'm excited for an entire season of Harrison Bader running around the bases, catching the ball like a real center fielder and just doing really cool things in the outfield. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Gleyber Torres should resolve to be more consistent at the plate because when he's good, he's really fun to watch, and he helps the offense. When he's going good, I don't like that phrase, but you know what I mean, the rest of the offense is going good. Carlos Rodon should resolve to have an excellent first year in pinstripes. That, that seems like a good one. DJ LeMayhew should resolve to be healthy this year. I know he really can't help it, and some of these injuries are flukes, but the offense needs you, David John. They really do. Clay Holmes should resolve to pitch like the first half of 2022 Clay Holmes for the entirety of 2023. Wandy Peralta should pitch as he pitched in the 2022 postseason. Frankie Montas should resolve to pitch as he did in 2021 when he was 13-9 with a 3.37 ERA. I'd take that from a number five starter because at this point he'd be the number five starter. Uh, yes, please. And as a whole, Yankees. 
Can you resolve to beat the gosh darn Astros in the playoffs, please? Because you know you'll be matched up against them again. <laughs> please. So those are the resolutions. I know I forgot some guys, but I figured I'd do key guys. And there you go. So in a moment, an old friend returns to the Yankees in an interesting move. I was kind of shocked when it happened. But first... BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. Giants are going to the playoffs. Yay, G-Men! It's been a while. I don't think they're going to go very far, but it's cool that they made the playoffs. If you want to bet on them, you can do that. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Locked On MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Listen to Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsay is really amazing. He knows a lot about a lot of people and a lot of teams. And it's just, he is like an, encyclope an encyclopedia. It's really cool talking to him. I've done a few crossovers with him and I will do more because there are some people in the Yankees farm system to talk about. He loves Oswaldo Cabrera. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so listen to his show. It's good. So the Yankees announced today that they have appointed Brian Sabian as executive advisor to senior vice president and general manager Brian Cashman, Sabian, 66, rejoins the Yankees after spending the previous 30 seasons with the San Francisco Giants. He spent the last four as an executive vice president for San Francisco, working on strategic initiatives as a senior advisor and evaluator. Prior to that, he served as the executive vice president of baseball operations from 2015 to 2018, and he was the Giants' senior vice president and general manager from 1996 to 2015. They earned eight postseason berths. They won five division titles, four National League pennants, and famously won three World Series, 2010, 2012, 2014, the every year, every other year thing, or the even year. Um, we used to call it even year BS on Twitter because it was very odd that they kept winning every other year. So Sabian began his tenure with San Francisco in 1993 as assistant to the general manager and vice president of scouting player personnel. And then he spent the 95 season as senior vice president of player personnel before being promoted to general manager in 1996. Now, he spent eight seasons with the Yankees prior to going to the Giants. He joined the Yankees in 1985 as a scout before serving as the director of scouting from 86 to 90 and the VP of player development and scouting from 1990 to 1992. Think of those years because we're going to be talking about those years in segment three, which gives you a tease as to what I'm going to be discussing in the next segment. He's from Concord, New Hampshire. He graduated from Eckerd College in Florida in 1978. He began his career in coaching at the collegiate level, working as an assistant baseball coach for St. Leo College, also in Florida. In 1979, Sabian held the same role for the University of Tampa from 80 to 82 before serving as their head coach from 83 to 84. Now I kind of want to look back at the University of Tampa from those years to see who played there because I feel like some 
former MLBers were there during those years. Now, he had a conference call today, and Brendan Cuddy of NewJersey.com posted on Twitter that Sabian said, I'm all in. I'll do anything to help the Yankees win a World Series. And the joke is, can you play left field, Brian? Can you play defense? Can you help that way? Because that's where they need that's where they need help. So yeah. No, but good for him. And I was gonna make a joke about the fact that he's 66 and still working. Um but that's the state of the world now. People aren't always retiring at 65 and uh <laughs> I get it. It's not like he's going to be, I don't know. I just, I, I find it funny that he's still working at 66 years old, but good for you, Brian Sabian. And hey, the Yankees need all the help they can get. No offense, but they can. Um, and he did a lot of great stuff with the Giants. I mean, obviously it was later in his tenure that all the stuff started going well for the Giants. The Giants famously... <laughs> Won 103 games in 1993 and didn't even make the playoffs because it was pretty wild card. The Braves made the playoffs. I think they won 106 or 107 because that was when the Braves were in the West because baseball was wacky in the 90s before the wild card. So good for Brian Sabian. Good for the Yankees. Should be a good thing for everyone involved. So in a moment, we are looking back at 50 years ago today when the Yankees trajectory changed forever. Ooh, but first, looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Well, you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year because COVID knocked me out for the last uh, four months of the year. I wasn't working out as much, and yeah, I need to be healthier. And Built is going to help me and help you be healthier in the new year. And they're not just healthy, they taste good. They're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you, but they are, and they're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond, which tastes like a mixture of almond joy and mounds. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You can thank me later. So, 50 years ago today, <laughs> January 3rd, 1973, a 12-member group headed by George Steinbrenner purchases the New York Yankees for $10 million from Columbia Broadcasting System, who had owned the team since 1964. Steinbrenner's initial investment was actually kind of small. I mean, $168,000 is a lot to me, but that's not really that much of a stake in a team like the Yankees. It was a little less than a 2% ownership stake. However, over the years, he wrestled majority ownership of the team from others, and four months after his purchase, 
CBS's Yankees president, Michael Burke, resigned his position because he was in the group with Steinbrenner to kind of shake things up there. Uh, and when he died in 2010, Steinbrenner owned 57% of the team. Now, it's possible that this never would have happened, which is crazy to think about. But in 1972, Steinbrenner attempted to buy the then Cleveland Indians. And after the deal fell through, he set his sights on the Yankees. Like, honestly, think about how different everything would be if Steinbrenner owned Cleveland instead of owning the Yankees. Would the Yankees have returned to the top in 77 and 78? Maybe not. Maybe not. It's possible that none of what happened in the last 50 years could have happened. It's possible there weren't five World Series. Or it's possible there could have been more. You never know. <laughs> it is kind of weird to think about, though. I almost don't want to think about the Yankees without Steinbrenner. I mean, as crazy as he was, and, you know, some of the things that he did <laughs> that were not great, because there were a few times that he got in trouble. We always talk about the 1990 suspension, but, you know, uh, it wasn't the only time he got suspended because Bowie Kuhn suspended him in, what was that, 1974? Yeah, he was suspended for 15 months because he was convicted of contributing illegal funds to the campaign of Richard Nixon. Now, he was only fined $15,000, but the suspension was 15 months. But then 1990, that's the infamous one. <laughs> Let's talk about this. <laughs> Winfield sued the Yankees for $300,000 after Steinbrenner failed to contribute money he had promised to the Dave Winfield Foundation. A battle was on between the player and the owner. So there was a feud between the two of them. And while it was at its peak, Steinbrenner hired a man to dig up dirt on Winfield in the hopes that it could ruin him. But what happened was, it all fell apart for Steinbrenner. Ugh. And Faye Vincent, the commissioner of baseball at the time, had to suspend Steinbrenner in July of 1990. Now, I've mentioned 1990 over and over and over and over again because it was such a bad year for the Yankees. They were awful on the field. You had all the crazy stuff going on with Steinbrenner. But Steinbrenner getting suspended for those years really helped the Yankees develop what became the dynasty in the mid to late 90s. And even going into the 2000s. I know things didn't work out the way we wanted them to work out in the 2000s, but some of those guys were still there. And, you know, if Steinbrenner hadn't been suspended, they would not have been. There would have been... I mean, he already wanted to, tra to trade some of the guys away that you know and love from that dynasty, and he had to be talked out of it. Cooler heads prevailed, thank God. So yeah, 50 years ago today, George Steinbrenner is part of the group to buy the Yankees. It's crazy to think about. Also, 40 years ago today, not that this has to do with the Yankees, but Plinko debuted on The Price is Right. I kind of remember. Yeah, I remember watching The Price. I would watch The Price is Right when I was home sick from school. And uh, I mean, didn't everyone? Didn't we all do that in the 80s? I, th I think The Price is Right was one of those shows that you had to watch when you were a kid. It was almost like a rite of passage to watch The Price is Right. So yeah, January 3rd is a big day.
So, Brian Sabian back with the Yankees, working with Brian Cashman. Maybe some of his magic from the even year stuff with the San Francisco Giants will rub off on the Yankees, maybe. We'll see. I gave some of the Yankees some resolutions. Maybe they can stick to them, maybe not. <laughs> and it's been 50 years since Steinbrenner bought the Yankees or you know, was part of the group that bought the Yankees. And yeah, that changed history forever. Turned them into the evil empire. There were some, you know, the Bronx Zoo, all that stuff in the 70s. I mean, as cool as it was for them to make the ALCS in 76, although they got swept, and then win the championship in 77 and 78, there were some crazy things happening. Wouldn't it be great if the 2023 and 2024 Yankees won back-to-back -back after getting swept in the ALCS. Let's manifest. Let's manifest that. That would be, that'd be great. Let's do that. So coming up this week, we'll be looking at games from the past, which should be fun. Random, totally random, like I did last week, because that's a lot of fun looking at random games. You see random lineups, you, you see random guys, and then in some cases, like the one game I did where the Yankees were playing Baltimore, you remember the entire team, you remember some of the guys specifically for being pains in the butt, and it's fun. It's fun. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen on every podcasting platform available. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button, comment on YouTube, and click the bell so you know when our videos go up. And thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Again, host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy your Tuesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.